This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Reed Pence. This week, uncovering the link between a woman's reproductive history and Alzheimer's disease. More and more research has come to light at really trying to delve in and understand what is it specifically about women and the female brain that may or may not put them at higher risk. Estrogen and Alzheimer's, when Radio Health Journal returns. I'm Nancy Benson, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show. Here's a preview of what they're covering on Viewpoints this week. This week on Viewpoints. What we're doing when we're talking is that we're assembling groups of words, and sometimes those words group as smaller or larger units. Verbal blunders and disfluency. What's going on when our brain and our mouth work together? Then... The most crucial thing to point out would be just the very physical nature of poverty and the dangers, often mortal ones actually, that come with that life. An honest look at growing up poor in America's heartland. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Listen to Viewpoints on your favorite radio station, iTunes and Stitcher. More than 50 million people worldwide are living with Alzheimer's dementia. Two-thirds of those, at least in the United States, are women. And according to a number of studies presented to the recent Alzheimer's Association International Conference, it appears that whether a woman develops Alzheimer's disease or not depends in part on her reproductive history. Dr. Rachel Whitmer is professor of epidemiology at the University of California, Davis. It's been known for quite some time that women are at higher risk of dementia. And this previously had been mostly attributed to the fact that women live longer. Um, But now more and more research has come to light at really trying to delve in and understand what is it specifically about women and the female brain that may or may not put them at higher risk of dementia. The number of children, the age of menstruation, the age of menopause, all seem to contribute to later life risk. Dr. Heather Snyder is Senior Director of Medical and Scientific Operations at the Alzheimer's Association. Is there something about the hormonal changes that happen throughout a woman's life that may impact her brain's vulnerability? Is there something about the number of months pregnant, another study coming from the UK, that may also change our bodies, our immune systems, our overall brain health in later life? And that's a big question still in terms of the why, but this gives insight that we need to be asking these questions as we think about identifying those earliest changes, as we think about treatments that may differ in women and men. One of the more reliable findings in the literature is that women with a longer reproductive period, so by reproductive period, I mean the time from when they first get their period to their last period, that's considered the reproductive period or the fertile period. The longer that is, the lower the likelihood of Alzheimer's disease. That finding is actually pretty reliable in the literature, and it's consistent with the idea that higher levels of estrogen may be protective against Alzheimer's disease in women. That's Dr. Pauline Mackey, professor of psychiatry and psychology at the University of Illinois at Chicago. She says other studies also show that exposure to estrogen could be a protective factor. 
probably the strongest evidence that reproductive factors play a role in Alzheimer's disease come from studies of women who have their ovaries removed earlier than expected, that is, earlier than the typical age at menopause. And those studies show that such women have a 70% increased risk of cognitive impairment or Alzheimer's disease compared to other women. And it's this early removal of the ovaries that is before the typical age of menopause that is associated with this risk. Removal of the ovaries after the typical age of menopause is not associated with an increased risk. Now, the good news is that the research shows that if women replace the estrogen they lose when they have their ovaries removed, if they replace it specifically with estrogen therapy, supplemental estrogen pills, that risk goes away. We actually published a prior paper on this looking at hormone replacement therapy, looking at women who commenced in midlife around the time of menopause versus women who commenced... 10 to 15 years later. And what we saw in that study was women who were initiating around the time of menopause had a lower risk of dementia. Women who were initiating 10 or more years after menopause had a higher risk of dementia. And that story, which really speaks to sort of the critical window, which is that there's not a one-size-fits-all of hormone replacement therapy. It's very individual and really has to do with timing. That has been subsequently replicated in several other studies. There's been at least four or five, to my knowledge, that really pieced apart timing of when women started postmenopausal hormone replacement therapy. And so a common theme is emerging from this data showing that initiation around menopause is not harmful and could possibly be beneficial. Having more children also lowers the risk of Alzheimer's, but researchers are reluctant to say whether it's hormones or something else. We found that women who had three or more children were at a modestly lower risk of dementia. And we don't know if this is speaking to levels of exposure uh, to certain hormones. I mean, there's definitely very specific hormonal milieu that only happens when one is pregnant. It could also be speaking to just health, that women who had more children were possibly healthier. We also don't know among women, for example, in our study who had miscarriages, because we also found this association between self-report of miscarriage and an elevated risk of dementia. People with three or more kids have a lot of social engagement and a lot of social support. That may be protective against Alzheimer's disease. So in my mind, it's not necessarily the hormonal changes that accompany pregnancy that might be related to a woman's risk of Alzheimer's disease later on, but rather some of these lifestyle factors that go hand in hand with having children. And when a woman becomes pregnant, her body goes through many other changes that aren't visible to the eye. It was another researcher who had looked at the number of months pregnant and had found an association between number of months pregnant and certain trimesters being differentially associated with dementia. She hypothesized that it was due to changes in the immune system. What I do know is that certainly there are changes in a woman's immune system to support a pregnancy because certainly the body does not want to see the pregnancy, you know, 
as something external, right? So we want the body to accept the pregnancy. Clearly, there are many factors that go into Alzheimer's risk. Yet despite the fact that more women suffer from the disorder than men, women are not as readily identified. It may be harder to identify Alzheimer's disease in women because the test that we most frequently use to identify Alzheimer's disease is a test that women naturally perform better on than men. That's a test of what we call verbal memory. It turns out that due to higher levels of estrogen, women perform better on this memory test compared to men. Women are maintaining this superior performance over men despite the fact that the women and men have the same moderate amount of Alzheimer's disease pathology in their brain. So while this female advantage in verbal memory might be good for them on their daily basis, that is they might be performing better in their daily lives remembering verbal material, the downside is that clinicians might not detect problems with their verbal memory is easily because their better verbal memory to start with may be masking that underlying Alzheimer's disease pathology in the brain. Mackey says if a higher score cutoff for a dementia diagnosis is used for women, it improves the diagnostic accuracy for both men and women. But Whitmer says differences between men and women need to be considered in other areas as well. You know, this speaks to sort of a bigger issue in science. I mean, the bulk of a lot of the animal work being done on Alzheimer's, so in mice and rats, even that is mostly being done in male rats. So this speaks to a larger issue, which is that women carry the burden of dementia. Women carry the biggest burden of caring for others with dementia. And women are at the highest risk of dementia. And now it's time to really take of focus in science and say, well, other than just saying that they live longer and that's explaining this, no, we need to take a step back and say, what are the sex-specific biological factors that are going on here? And so we need to understand what does it look like for them earlier in the disease? How can we screen for it? And we need to understand what are the things that are happening in a woman's life that are specifically connected to their hormonal environment that may possibly elevate or lower the risk. It is knowing what the underlying biology is and looking at that as potential uh, tools. Think about heart disease is that we know that symptoms of a heart attack are different in women and men. But when we look across women and men in cholesterol, for instance, as a marker of the underlying biology, that's been able to normalize across the sexes. Mackey says one other difference is that women sometimes experience symptoms they fear reflect dementia at an early age, usually near menopause. If that sounds like you or someone you know, she has this advice. The most important thing that we can tell women is that we now recognize that it is normal for women to experience a decline in certain cognitive functions as they transition through the menopause. So, for example, they may experience forgetfulness, difficulties concentrating, and the like. Researchers have documented this in very carefully done studies, and the research suggests that the large majority of women appear to bounce back, that these symptoms are temporary and that they're likely due to changing levels of estrogen. So the first thing to tell women is that Alzheimer's disease 
at age 50 to 60 is very rare. Forgetfulness is the norm during the menopausal transition, so it's unlikely that these symptoms are due to Alzheimer's disease. And while we can't currently cure Alzheimer's disease, there are preventive measures that you can take to help reduce the risk of developing it. What women should generally do, however, to protect their brain is engage in moderate aerobic exercise multiple times a week. You don't have to run a marathon, but walking briskly three to four times a week for 45 minutes helps. And we don't all have to adopt the Mediterranean diet 100% of the time. Uh, however, adopting it as much as we can would be a good practice. And I would say that when we talk about the Mediterranean diet, what we mean is fatty fish, nuts, legumes, fresh fruits and vegetables, and the like. And the more of that we can eat, the healthier our brain. And then finally, what women can do to decrease their cognitive problems is to reduce their stress. Really check with their primary care doctor or their OBGYN because it is a very specific recommendation. So it's, you know, this is really about personalized medicine. So a woman needs to check in with her doctor, go through the symptoms, talk about her medical history, talk about her family history, and then they need to come to a decision about what is the next best step. You can find out more about all of our guests on our website, radiohealthjournal.net. You'll find archives of our shows there, as well as on iTunes and Stitcher. Our writer this week is Ariana Kraft. I'm Reed Pence. This week marks the start of the Medicare annual enrollment period, an important time for Medicare-eligible people to choose their health plans. While most people weigh cost, few think about how their personal health goals should impact their plan choice. Aetna's Health Ambition Study found only 20% of people, 65 and over, even have a health goal. Here's Christopher Chano, head of Aetna Medicare. Healthy aging means something different for everyone. Choosing the right Medicare plan can help you achieve your unique health goals. Many Medicare Advantage plans include extra benefits such as fitness memberships, transportation, vision, dental, and hearing coverage to help you live the life you want. The Medicare annual enrollment period runs through December 7th. Learn more at aetnamedicare.com forward slash learn. That's aetnamedicare.com forward slash learn. Aetna Medicare is a PDP, HMO, PPO plan with a Medicare contract. Our SNPS also have contracts with state Medicaid programs. Enrollment in our plans depends on contract renewal. What are you going to do with your old car? You can try selling it, you could junk it, or you can donate it to Heritage for the Blind. Your car will be towed away for free and your donation is tax deductible. Just call 1-800-835-1478. Heritage for the Blind accepts cars, vans, trucks, and boats. It doesn't matter if your vehicle runs or not. It will be towed away for free, and you'll be supporting those that need help. Heritage for the Blind is a nonprofit organization that helps the visually impaired live fuller lives. Call right now to donate your car, and as a special thank you, you'll receive a free three-day vacation voucher to over 50 locations. Call Heritage for the Blind right now. Call 1-800-835-1478. Donating is easy, and your vehicle is towed away for free. Plus, you'll get a free vacation voucher for donating. Call now, 1-800-835-1478. That's 1-800-835-1478.
individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, so call now. 800-568-1647. That's 800-568-1647. U.S. Tax Shield. 800-568-1647. Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTrax Communications. If you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on iTunes, Stitcher, and at RadioHealthJournal.net.